Hey everybody, this is the first episode of Gracemont. It's a show for Christians who've grown up in evangelical or even Catholic homes and who have a lot of questions about what they've been taught and wonder what's really, really important to believe and what's not. Um, I call myself a possible Apostle uh, John Luke. For one, I am a physician, and Luke was a physician. And also, in paying homage to John Luke Picard, who was the ultimate apostle, taking the message to the universe. Of course, his message was different than ours. I'm here with Apostle Duke. Take it away. Okay, so this is Apostle Duke, and my thinking and so I so okay so I was born in a really religious home and uh, that's was the reality to me the, the universe was encompassed in that religion and so I was uh, in my early 20s and I went to a little community college and I took a class called sociology and in that class I learned a uh, concept called ethnocentrism and basically that just meant that people all over the world they typically believe that their way is the right way and that the people outside of their group is wrong and so it kind of challenged me to think well hey they all think they're right I think I'm right so who's right and it kind of opened me up to the idea that maybe, maybe mine's not the right one. I mean, it's least possible. So I kind of opened myself up to that thinking a little bit. I was a little more critical about the way I looked at my faith and uh, my religion. And so it kind of developed almost to a point where I felt like uh, I was kind of misplaced a little bit. I didn't really have... Uh, someone I could talk to because I had all these questions and all these ideas about my faith and my religion and felt a little immoral, a little bit sinful and a little bit rebellious. The fact that I would open myself up to these thoughts and ideas and then fast forward a little bit and I took a philosophy class and uh, in the philosophy class I learned about all these philosophers who were raised in these religious homes and as they began to sort of contemplate life and existence that they kind of varied and got a little mixed up and lost in their faith and and so i i felt like oh gosh now i don't feel quite as alone and so uh and so the the point of the story is that i think our little time here is kind of a a, a space that's created for people who may be like me a little bit, who have some ideas and questions about their faith. And I, I would say, I don't, <laughs> I hope you're not expecting answers because I don't know that I have answers, but I just do have a lot of questions and ideas that probably aren't real um, popular with inside my church. And so that's, that's where I'm at. Okay. And I'm I'm a possible I'm Apostle Duke, and I think, um, so Apostle, that that was my calling. That's is to like help people like me. 
who um, have questions. So an apostle is someone who's sent out by Jesus or God in, in our so in let me Christian, ask, in the Christian faith. It's an apostle is somebody sent by God or by Jesus to tell a message. So tell me how, tell me your experience. Like Paul was, saw the bright light on the road to Damascus and was blind for three days and Jesus talked to him and he became apostle Paul because of his, because uh, Jesus gave him the order to go out and take the good news to all the Gentiles. So tell me about your apostle story. How are you instructed to take a message? Okay, so I had an experience when I was in my, oh, late 20s, and I was, life was not going well for me. I was not doing, relationships were breaking apart. I was uh, just wandering and lost and found myself in some really difficult situations. And I remember uh, one afternoon, I just started screaming at God and just saying, how did you let me get here? And I just don't believe you and I'm angry with you. And um, I remember thinking, okay, I'm kind of just throwing myself in hell here. Uh, and I think if, if I had any sort of thinking of uh, like, you know, what's going to happen and it just I felt deep down in my spirit because I was just saying God I just don't believe you anymore and um it was at that time that I just had inside my spirit just God just speaking back to me and saying I already knew that I already knew you didn't believe I already knew you had doubts and questions and 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 that was kind of a breakthrough for me it was just kind of a time when I thought I feel like I've broken through here in some way and uh, it is uh it's okay to have doubts and it's okay to have have questions and and to not believe like everybody else so that was kind of my time to where I think you know what I just I want I want other people to know that too I want them to understand that they can have uh, they can have questions so that was kind of my uh, experience that where I thought, you know, something's really changed inside of me. Something really changed in my relationship with God at that moment. And so um, that's when maybe my apostleship, I'm probably saying that all wrong, uh, kind of generated was the genesis of that. So how about you? Well, I had a, a, uh, an experience similar to Paul's. So mine was... I was back in college or maybe early medical school. I was in total darkness. And I suddenly felt a searing pain in my head and a bright light in my eyes. And I thought that I heard someone, whether it was God or whoever, tell me, that I was to go out and sp spread this message. Well, then I came to, and it was my buddy looking down at me because he just hit me in the head with the bathroom door because I'd thrown up in the <laughs> toilet and I was passed out oh. on the bathroom floor. So that was, that was, 
And I, I became, I decided to become Apostle John Luke also because Luke rhymes with puke. And that's what had just <laughs> gone on before all this happened. What do you think about that? So you told me, well, <laughs> that, that sounds a little, a little entertaining, as you mentioned once before. But, you know, one time you told me um, that you were, you were supposed to be somebody. I, I just remember having a conversation, and, and I think we even brought up, like, it, does this mean you want to get into politics? or, or But I, you, it was like you told me. What I remember was you said, there's a big plan for my life. Did I, did I get that all wrong? Or was there a significant time when you felt like, hey, there's something out there for me to be, and it's big, and I'm just trying to find out what that is? Well, I think there are certain people, especially men, who uh, spend their whole lives thinking they were meant for greatness or something greater, certainly, than what they're doing. And I've always felt that way. So maybe this is it, because I, you know, I, I, most people would call me successful, but I don't feel successful. I don't feel like I've accomplished what God meant me to do. You know, I've, right. I think I've helped a lot of people. Okay. And done some good in the world, but I've, I've not, certainly not achieved greatness. As far, yeah, as, 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 as you, as you measure greatness. And hopefully, hopefully, like the greatness happens while you're alive, right? Because I think about like Anne Frank, you know, who wrote a book that changed the world, but she had no idea that it would change the world when she was writing it, and she died not knowing the value of her life. Right. Vincent Van Gogh is another great example. And is uh. His painting become valuable the day he died. Uh, oh yeah, right. So hopefully, it's not like two hundred years from now. Someone's listening to this podcast, and we we die not knowing that maybe, maybe it'll happen in our lifetime. So, but I, I really think I really think there's a lot of people out there who just would like to know that it's okay to have questions. And to have doubt and doubts. Maybe that's more of it. Not questions. Maybe it's doubts. Maybe that's because it's kind of not okay to have doubts. Questions are okay, but doubts are, I think, frowned on. Well, well, but in religion, what you and I have is we flat out don't believe a lot of it. We think it's crap, and that's, that's yeah. you really can't say that in Sunday school, or you'll be shunned right. and shamed. And I think exactly. I think that shun and shame keeps a lot of people from following Jesus because they're forced to believe all of this stuff and this is a sin and that's a sin and you can't be a Christian if you're doing this. First, you can't be a Christian if you're doing that. J Jesus didn't say any of that. He said, come right. and follow me, you know. So well, I think— if, and Go ahead. Oh, for an, and as an example to what you were saying was, I think we, we had a discussion not too long ago about like Jonah and the whale. And, you know, did was that an actual event? And we kind of opened ourselves up to like, hey, you know, it could maybe that's just a teaching metaphor, you know. But we were uh, 
I think, instructed at that point that, no, that is an actual event, and you should believe it as an actual event. And if you don't, you know, you're kind of not, you know, you're not cooperating here, and, uh, you know, you may need to reevaluate the way. So just kind of just to, you know, agree with your point there. And, and then we talked to about, you know, is Jesus equal with God? And, and, and did he drink wine or didn't he drink wine? And, and, you know, there's some people who get caught up in that stuff. And, yeah. Well, there's, there, you know, there are theologians that spend hours arguing each of those points. But Oh, yeah. What, what, here's what I believe. What really matters is if you're going to be a Christian, okay. you have to believe yeah. that Jesus was sent here to absolve you of your sins and you yeah. follow him and his teachings. Okay, we're done. That's what really matters and all yeah. the other stuff. And it, and do you have to believe everything in the Bible word for word? Uh, I don't think so. No, because some of it doesn't make sense. Can you believe some of it's metaphor and some of it's real and some of it's just made up stories? I don't know. I think you can, but a lot of people... What, what, the way we were brought up, that was all blasphemy to say stuff like that. And I was, right. you know, spent a lot of time being ashamed and I wouldn't say a word because I was afraid I'd be attacked for questioning things. And and like you, the more educated I became, the more science I understood, the more I understood that, yeah, that's just not possible. It, it, in the Bible, it says Jonah was swallowed by a big fish, even not a whale. Now, back in those days, did they know the difference between a fish and a whale? I don't know. Probably not. They didn't know a whale was a yeah. mammal, but it says fish. Uh, for what I know about a fish's digestive tract, he would have been dissolved <laughs> and pooped right. out by that time. Yeah. Right. Now, if there's an all-powerful God that can do anything, could could that God make that happen? I suppose so, but it just, from what I've witnessed on this earth, is God doesn't go around violating the laws of physics right yeah he, he, he obeys his own laws of physics and maybe there's some value especially when people are not sure about religion in the bible they might be more open to the idea that hey some of these are teaching tools the stories in the old testament and if you don't believe that they're actual events, that's okay. Uh, you know, uh, maybe that's a, that's, I think that could be less constricting if someone said, Hey, there's some value in that story. Uh, but you don't necessarily have to believe that it's, that it's an actual event. So, but you know, that's, that's, that's where I'm at today. And, I'm on my journey. I don't have it figured out, but I do like I do like this subject. Reli and to me, religion and human behavior are so closely tied to each other. You know, uh, because you know, one thing I find fascinating is that there are people who have their PhDs, they have their their medical doctors, their uh, theologians and they're and and one of them's a hindu and then there's people in the christian faith who have, are medical doctors and they have their phds and they're super smart people but they are devout to their christian faith 
And the same goes for Islam. The same goes for uh, Buddhist. You know, so it's like, how can, how can these very, very, very smart people become so convinced that their, that their myth is the right myth? And it's, it's, it's kind of fascinating to me, even in my church. And, you know, you, you, you're very familiar with my church is like, not only are they convinced that their way is the right way, but if someone else is different, they almost take a mocking tone toward them. Like, oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And it's like. In our church, they teach the only way to go to heaven or to have an afterlife is to believe in Jesus Christ and um, any other person in the world who is not a Christian. And you and I probably wouldn't count as that. So any other person in the world who believes is going to hell. And so yeah, I, I can't buy that. Yeah, that's it. That's another deal is like one of those. And, you know, as time goes on, maybe we'll get into some of these topics. But like hell, it just seems like the, the way I explain, I, I've told people before that I just have a real problem with a literal hell. And one of the ways I explain it would be like, OK, if they told me about, you know, my friend, uh there's a guy I know that I house sit for sometimes and he's in all these, you know, business ventures and stuff. And if someone, you know, I say, okay, I've known this guy for a long time. You know, I, I've, I've been around him. I've had dinner with him and all that. And then someone says, you know, he went out and, uh, you know, bought a tutu and, and some slippers and, and, and went ballet dancing. I would just say, I just, everything I know about this guy just tells me that's just not something he would do. You know, it's just way out of his character. It's, it's just so beyond anything. So then you read through the Bible about how God loves us and he wants to save us and he cares about our tears. And then to think that that same person would want to just forever punish people in just the most horrible manner for eternity and ever and ever it's just like i just it just doesn't seem to be consistent with everything i know about the bible and the god that we're told of so um but that's one of the issues that i've always wondered about you know like why would he do something so horrible to us you know if we don't believe so I take an approach of follow the money, you know, like in crime, follow the money. Yeah, well, right. You, you follow the money as how hell came to be. I got Priests, you. preachers tell you you're going to hell. Yeah. If you don't tithe. And so right. the people believe that, so they tithe, you know, or they give money yeah. to the church. And, uh, the more money they gave the church, the more that stoked the preachers to say, hey, it's working. <laughs> Let's really right. tell them about hell. And then they'll give more money to the church. You know, right. sp- if you get- spread our influence. It- That's how right. I think. If you get out of our group, you have. Yeah, I, I, I. Well, I will tell you this. If it wasn't if it wasn't for hell, I would like probably be much more open to 
not believing this. It's that like, oh my gosh, what if I burn in hell forever? Maybe I better just, <laughs> you know, I better just snap to and hop back in line, you know, instead of thinking. And then if you think outside that, you know, it's like the devil, right? The devil is influencing your thoughts. And, do you, and what do you so, think about the devil? Oh, gosh. So I, I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a bunch of crap somebody made up to scare people. Uh, right. That's what I think really is. I don't, there, there's certainly evil in the world. There's evil inside yeah. every person. Maybe there is, I, I'm not saying it's not impossible for there to be some evil deity who is behind that evil. But most of the evil, if you think about, this is what I look at as a scientist, um, the evil in us is just normal animal behavior that, you know, what animals do. They try to survive and they try to propagate the species. So an, an right. animal will steal. I mean, an animal will take food from somebody else to right. grow stronger and to spread his seed more than the other guy. The, the uh, animal will take someone else's mate to propagate the species, etc. cetera. Uh, an animal yeah. will kill a rival to again right. propagate his DNA. So that's the evil in people is the animal in us. And right. we as a, you know, as uh, the human race, our battle to be something different from, from animals is we remove ourselves from that animal behavior. Right. And the evil within us is that animal behavior that a lion or a wolf or whatever would 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 just you uh, function with daily. Is that just just instinct? Right. That's what I think. Yeah, yeah. Because I I thought before too with animals. I mean, let's say because there are some animals, and I think even uh, if I say this would be wrong, but like lions, there they sometimes will eat their young, <laughs> you know. Uh, and but we don't we don't consider that sin. We we wouldn't say oh that that lion is sinful, right? Or that animal is sinful who. But in humans, it's considered, it, it's a sin. And, um, you know, one thing you, t you, you mentioned to me one time, because we were, we were, I think, talking about, okay, so let, let's say, you know, you know, there's no devil. And so, so what, what is morality then, right? So how do you, how do you, then do you define morality? And you're, as I remember, your comments was it's basically what is healthy for our species. So, in other words, if I go around killing humans, that's not good. If I don't work with them and lie to them, is that did I have that right? That that was kind of the 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 animalistic sort of morality. If we take away the you know, the devil and, 
and and heaven and hell and all that stuff. Yeah, that's that's that makes sense to me. And that you think about the various sins, things that are called sins, are things that became called sins for a reason. You know, I mean, you kill somebody, well, that harms that person's loved ones and family and makes them want to kill you. So that's right. Yeah. that's not a good thing. If you steal from them and they don't have enough to eat and they want to steal steal from you. And those things do not... Making things sins uh, helps society function better. If there are rules you don't break, the society functions a lot better with those rules. And those, right. you know, religious people call them, you know, Christian people call them sins. Right. And then if you could uh, then convince people that, okay, not only, you know, we can't really explain why it's wrong other than God will get you if you do that. And they go, oh, I don't want God to get me, so I better not steal. And, you know, that that in some way sort of is, uh, who, who was it called? He was one of the, I, I want to say, Stalin or somebody said that religion was the opium of the masses or something that basically it was just a way to kind of control them and keep them calm and but and then another thing I want to ask you about is uh, one time we were talking there was a conversation about the law of the Old Testament and you mentioned that that basically this is just what a doctor would tell you to do or not to do. Um, and I took it to mean, may, maybe you may be confused in what I'm talking about, but it was like, okay, don't eat this kind of meat. Don't, you know, be clean, you know, stay away from this, stay away from that. And I, I got the impression you were saying it was, it was just a way to, they interjected God in it, but it was just really a way to keep your society healthy. Yeah. Other than is is what I remember, and I think I picked up on that. Well, what, of course, those conversations get snuffed out really quick. Yeah, we're old man. <laughs> so, the, right. the, my thought is like, for instance, the Jews did not eat pork. Well, in those times, right. and up until. Very recently in history, uh, there was a a chance of getting trichinosis from it, which they would have uh, worm larvae in their muscles. And if you ate those worm oh. larvae uncooked, you would end up with worm yeah. larvae in your muscles. And over time, that would right. you know, get in your heart muscle and all the other muscles, and it would over time kill you. And it'd be very painful, and it's a not a good way to go. But another example is, uh, so don't eat pork, that doesn't happen. Because uh, animals that don't eat other animals don't get that. You know, pigs oh. will eat rats, and the rats have the trichina worms in them. Bears, you know, would eat other animals. Uh, predators would have, or omnivores would have trichinosis. But now that with all the inspection and stuff, that really doesn't happen, at least here in the United States. But, but that's a reason for why you wouldn't eat pork. And uh, another very good example of that to me is uh, monogamy. Only having sex with one other person. Okay. Uh, 
if you're promiscuous, if you have sex with a lot of people, you will get venereal diseases, some of which will kill you. Uh, right. And if not kill you, then they'll make you sick and they'll cause you to have chronic health problems the rest of your life. Uh, you know, for instance, like half of the sexually active world has got some kind of HPV virus, you know, and that causes women to have uh, cervical cancer. And nowadays it's possible to detect that early, but it's not always detected. And my brother has a good friend who, who died young from cervical cancer that somebody gave her and didn't even know it from oh, wow. one or both of them being promiscuous. And people don't think about that being such a big deal, but it, it can kill people. Obviously, AIDS and syphilis, so forth, gonorrhea, those things can kill you too. But uh, right. even the ones that people think and, are minor. Uh, so so uh, herpes, herpes, some people it gets in their brains and kills them. I mean, it's, there, there's good reason for not being promiscuous because of the, the diseases that will kill you or damage you and you bring home to your family members, your, uh, your spouse, uh, or anybody you have sexual contact with. So promiscuity becoming a sin makes total sense, uh, medically anyway. Right. Yeah, and I kind of picked up on that. And I know, I think you briefly mentioned this at the beginning of the of our talk, but that you are a medical doctor and have been for years. So right. I just think anyone listening to this is, you know, boy, he's going on a lot about that. But I would think you, you know what you're talking about. And, but, uh, but yeah, I, so, so there's a lot of it that's just kind of, uh, in religion that is just, uh, it's sort of parallel to just good, health habits and the other part of you know the biblical law is like don't you know don't steal from your neighbor and don't kill them and and uh and 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 there's some you know respect your parents and i think that's in the law too and there's advantage there's advantages to that beyond just winding up in heaven right it's it's very practical practical kind of teachings that uh that that maybe that that maybe during during those times they used the god angle to kind of motivate people <laughs> to keep those those laws to keep them safe and healthy and so well i think they became known as sins also because they thought God was punishing these people for doing those things. You know, if somebody was very promiscuous, eventually that person would oh. would be harmed. And they would, the church leaders would see that as God punishing that person. That's very interesting. Yeah, that, that could very well be true. Uh, so someone was sleeping around a lot and people knew about it and they said, man, that, that guy got something and he's He's having real problems. It's like, yeah, God got him. God yeah. got him there. So, yeah, I could see where that would, that would, uh, that may have been how some of that developed. So, but yeah, you know, you, you think about sin, you know, I mean, I, I think about, 
to me to me sin is kind of like uh you you, you break you break you break the code right so i mean i think like in in our circles sin is very spiritual you know you you sin and 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 god's intervenes and then does something bad to you but sin maybe is more along the lines of like okay like like you say okay i i know i'm not supposed to sleep around but i do and and then when i do then oh or i i i impregnate some very young girl you know and and it's it's not necessarily that god intervened and said okay i'm going to strike you down it's just it's an error it's something you did that that breaks that code right that code of being healthy of that code of of uh you know doing the best thing for your species and when you break those codes or those laws that uh that is considered a sin or error and there is consequences you know a lot of times very serious consequences so okay so did you have any um subjects you wanted to touch on or man i got lots of stuff. have we kind of laid the groundwork here i think so pretty well uh someone says oh those guys you know you know what's going to happen right people are going to listen to this especially anybody that knows us and they're going to go those dudes are crazy those dudes are like living in darkness yeah a lot of people think that <laughs> oh i know i know and that's that's part of like you know that the the risk of doing this is like you know you know i mean you're kind of you're kind of i am i'll say it that way i'm kind of just kind of revealing some of my inner thoughts that i know are not going to be appreciated by at least some people but hey you know what i mean it's kind of a way you know there is the verse of scripture that says that uh god is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him and i think there's truth to that it's like you know sometimes you gotta just you got to just get if you want to know more if you want to go further right you got to get out of that box you got to get out of that comfort where i'm warm and comfortable and safe and i've got to venture out and i think i think there is some value in venturing out and just thinking some of these taboo thoughts and just you know just to just to think and get it out there and start kicking it around you know so that's part of what I see going on here. Is, yeah. Is. I, I, I totally agree. Uh, our religious upbringing was built in many ways to stifle free thought. You're not supposed to think, you know, your preacher and your Sunday school teachers teach you what you're supposed to think, what you're supposed right. to know. But turns out you and I are smarter than most any preacher or Sunday school teacher we had, right? Well, at least we're more adventurous <laughs> in the way that young. we're... Yeah, right. Well, and it, uh, you know, of course, of course, we're taught, we're taught what we're taught, we're raised, we're, 
race. But, you know, anybody even listening to this, I would challenge them just to say, or I'll say it like this, I'm a Baptist because I was raised a Baptist. Is because that's what I was told to believe. That's what I was told the truth was. I was a good boy and I didn't get out of that line. But, you know, someone who's a Muslim, they're a Muslim because they were told to be a Muslim. Right. And and people who are more times than not, Democrats, I mean, they probably were raised in a Democrat home and that's what you were taught. And, and so I'm just, you know, a product of what I, I was told I should believe, you know. And so it's scary to, like, step outside that and say, you know, man, I just, I don't know. Maybe there's other things out there to be. But, yeah, this is kind of a, it's kind of exciting but kind of adventurous, too. It's got a little, a little scary because, you know, some people are going to reject you for actually oh, yeah. saying what you think. That's yeah. So this, I, I've been thinking about this a little bit. So being who we are is where these two guys are brought up in Christian homes and we're always taught to be ashamed of any thoughts we had that didn't go along with what the Sunday school teacher was teaching us uh, or what the preacher was saying. But now we've kind of come out of the closet. I mean, it's kind of like, it must be what it's like for gay people who pretend they're not gay all these years and uh, finally find other people who are gay that accept them for who right. they are. And they uh, change their lives that way. So so to me, I've kind of drawn a, a parallel to that. With, with us, we're like uh, people who've had our brains stifled all these years. And now we're just kind of setting them free. You know, I had an experience one time uh, years ago, and and it it I, I I had always been told that you know if you want tribulation in your life, pray for patience. You know, say God, give me patience. And so it was kind of like, don't ever pray for patience because God's going to bring tribulation into your life. And I remember I kind of was at this place where I was I was really hungry for God. I was really trying to find him and seek him and find some real a real stuff. And I remember I, I just got on my knees and I said, God, give me patience. Just give me patience. And I just kind of threw myself out there because it was told, you know, now all these bad things are going to happen to you. Bad things didn't happen to me. But in some ways, it's kind of like this. It's like, God, I, I really do want to know you. I want to know what's out there. I want to know what this, what this God is. Um, you know, one thing I've been very dissatisfied with and disillusioned with is just in my church, in my church experience, it's just so weak. There's just no power there. There's no, there's no miracles. There's no, and, and it's almost like you pretend that oh yeah this is oh wasn't that worship service amazing and hey it really was and but deep down it's like that that worship service sucked man it was just so boring and dry <laughs> and 
there's got to be there's got to be more to this than just this just ritual of going every Sunday and and looking at my watch and saying when when's it over when can I get out of here so this is kind of my way of praying for patience it's just my way of saying okay I, I want to get out of the box and just say here are my questions here are my doubts and then and, and and if there's something out there that's real I want to find it. I, I want to. I want to swerve into it and figure out what that is. But honestly, the faith that I've had all of my life has just kind of been disappointing, you know. So, so maybe we'll swerve into something good here, you know. God sees us, right? He knows we're. He knows we're. We're taking a risk and adventuring out and. And maybe we'll discover something good, you know. So, you're, to address what you're saying, uh, there are these people in church all my life who have had what they called a daily walk with Jesus Christ, and they seem to be very fulfilled by it. Um, they seem, at least on the outside, to believe everything that they were taught. Uh, the Bible is the literal truth all the way through, every word. And uh, this is a sin, that is a sin, and I've, I've got to repent and all this stuff. I never had that. I never got that experience either from church. I, and they would say, well, you just didn't try. Well, it, it's, I, I think it has something to do with my personality type where I, I'm just not going to just believe stuff because somebody tells me that, tells it to me. I don't, I don't know. Right. Yeah, I don't. You know, you you think about the person who is, uh, you know, they they believe everything. They they walk the line. And. And are are they are they a hundred percent fulfilled? I don't know, but I don't know for sure. Here's what I know. They don't. They don't. They don't have a. Oh. I don't know. They don't have that uh, power in their life uh, that that where they can pray and and you would just see do you, well and just and see miracles and see you know what this is supposed to be right like I I think what what we, the the bill of goods we've been sold is that the life we're living today should in some way resemble the life of Christ and the disciples. And in their time, they had, there was, there was great power. There were miracles. There were people would pray and, and marvelous things would happen. I mean, people stood in awe of, of all the, the, the power and, and the, the majesty that, that was going on in their lifetimes. And in, in, and today I just don't see that. And I think even someone who believes fully in all of that, I just don't know that I see an amazing power and 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 something very, very special and unique in there. Yeah, they, they seem they seem happy and they pay their bills on time and they're relatively happy, but to say that they are just something truly special. There's just something amazingly special about this person. It's like, I can't put my finger on it, but I mean, there's just something about this guy that is just 
above and beyond life that I, as I know it. I don't know. That's what that's what I want to see. That's what I want to see, and and I don't know that I see that. Well, there are always so, a, a few people in the church. You know, you've known a few in your life. You think that person is what a Christian is supposed to be because they do the right things, yeah. they say the right things, they're good to people, they're they they raise kids that grow up to be good people, and, and I think there are a few people that really walk the line and benefit from it. But most do not. I mean, many try and fail and try and fail and try and fail. That's that's the usual life of a a Christian. They do okay for a while, then they mess up. And they do okay for a while, then they mess up. Or right. they're just really boring. You know, but there's there's some of that yeah. too. So well, hopefully, yep. Yeah, you, know, you go ahead. Hopefully, what? Oh, hopefully. You know, just by talking about this, kind of outside the confines of uh, supervision, <laughs> you know, that uh, that something good will come of this, and and you know, we'll learn and maybe become deeper human beings, right? Expansive. Hopefully. I I heard, I heard that term one time. I like that. It said, "I'm trying to I'm trying just to expand myself." And it was someone who said, you know, I'm going to take a class or I'm going to go on a trip. It's just like, just expand our our lives and our thinking and who we are. Uh, well, you know, there's what's going on in the United States right now is Christianity is under attack. And yeah. we're not gaining members as fast as we're losing them, you know, the the old stalwarts of the church are all dying off. You know, the people that donate to the yeah. churches are dying. And the, the traditional churches like Baptist, Methodist, Disciples of Christ, and so forth, many of those churches are just dying off. And uh, a lot of non-denominational churches are taking over and are doing okay and bringing in new members. And I think a lot of that has to do with not focusing on the things like sin and going to hell and believe in every little thing it says in the Bible. Like, let's, okay, this is always a sticking point in, in the Southern Baptist Church. If you're supposed to, you're supposed to be a strict creationist. Believe that. Right. So it's been maybe 20 years ago, but there was a guy in our Sunday school class. This was before you joined the church. There was a guy in our Sunday school class who was a geologist by trade. Yeah. Who actually said in Sunday school that the devil put dinosaur bones in the strata of the earth to try to confuse the Christians so that they wouldn't believe the creation story word for word. Oh, wow. I thought, I, up to that point, I thought that guy was pretty bright, but then I thought, you know, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard anybody say. Yeah. But I just sat there, you know, I didn't want to, <laughs> didn't want to rock the boat. But whereas, you know, I was thinking, you, no, no, you can say God put those there, but he did it 165 million years ago. Right. Yeah. So I, I am, I do not believe the Chris, the uh, creation story word for word at all. I, I, I look at it, those pictures from that new telescope. What's that new telescope called? 
Well, there was Hubble. Hubble was it's the, the Web, one. Called the Webster or Walker. Yeah, or but like they've it. got a new one. Yeah, that they just put up, and I can't remember the name. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So there, there are pictures that show light that's from like I don't know what. 10 billion, 100 billion years ago? 14 billion, 14 billion light years. Yeah, Yeah, they say, they say, so it takes 14 billion traveling the speed of light. Yeah, yeah, I I know what you're saying. Right, so that doesn't make sense that the world was created 4,000 years ago. Yeah, so just to pick up on two, two, two points one is you said you know the church is kind of dying out and and in some respects i it's somewhat warranted uh you know i just think the church has kind of gotten off its rails a little bit but then then the other thing is you know i would be open to the idea that god spoke you know and maybe that's the big bang right that um you know he spoke and the stars were flung into into space and but but to say but i did see i did see a i watched a documentary not too long ago about these and they were christian scientists and they were saying that well you know uh a lot of this they they were they were making the point that the earth is only six thousand years old and but they they were trying to prove that uh that a lot of what we think takes millions of years to develop like oil and 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 some of these uh rock formations that that in reality they could happen in just a few uh thousand years and so so there there's both camps out there but yeah i think the mainstream is that and i'm open to the idea that that the earth is millions of years old that that doesn't bother me and in some ways i think it could still be somewhat consistent with the genesis version you know, God speaking. It's just the six days, right? It's yeah, well, got to. You, know, you think about the progression of it. God separated the darkness from the light. I mean, that's probably the big bang. You call that the big bang, but that was could be thirteen yeah. billion years ago, or hundred right. billion years ago, or yeah. who knows how long? A long time ago. It's it's right. It's it's a time, and the uh, you know, thirteen billion light years. That's that's something our feeble minds can't comprehend as right i mean yeah i mean we can i can walk a mile in about six minutes how long would it take me to walk 13 billion light years a long time oh my gosh (laughs) yeah and that's that's traveling at the speed of light right it takes it that long well and that's even like oh well so i even think they say the closest star to our earth is about four light years away that's the closest one so, I mean, if that star blew up three years ago, we'll still see the light for another full year. Right. I mean, that 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 type of that type of distance is just like you say, it's just you can't comprehend that. You know, I mean, we try to, but but it's just it's just impossible to do. Yeah, that's just a and, you know. And, that's just a math yeah. problem. It's not, it's not something we can really comprehend. Oh, I know. And, and you know, another thing, too, is like uh, I think about 
So, okay, so so the Earth and the universe is very wonderful, right? It's It's very, like, hard to comprehend. But, you know, sometimes just as a thought exercise, I try to think, but what if God... You know what, what? What would an atheist, the atheist in me, says taking God out of the equation? You know that God created the heavens and the earth, and that Jesus came. And taking that out of the equation, it almost becomes even more mysterious. You know, like is what is oh, this all about? What is this all about? I mean, why are we here? What what is? Uh, then then it gets really like mysterious and just and, and and almost even more wonderful it's like man i just can't comprehend like if, if if that's not true then how did this all happen and but Again, uh yeah. feeble minds can't really right. comprehend all that that's why i think the crea the creation story to me is one that was created to explain it to people who had no understanding right. of science and physics yeah. and, and astronomy and all that. And it's a, it's a, it makes a lot of sense, you know, for a simple yeah. people. Uh, they didn't have a Hubble telescope to see that. Right. Oh, no, wait a minute. <laughs> this story doesn't jive yeah. with what I'm seeing through this telescope. But, and, and I think that's what, you know, religion, religion does right. It, it it explains things for us, right? To where we're satisfied with it, right? So that's I'm sorry for, I interrupted right? your thought there. No, no, no. I agree. That's that's kind of what it's for in a lot of ways. It's to help us understand and you know, since man has been cut was self aware how many hundreds of thousands of years ago, right? Um, there's been that question about why, who am I, why am I here, and and uh, religion helps answer those questions. Right. Yeah. yeah, just like one time I heard uh, is one of the religions that talked about the great turtle carrying the sun across the sky. You know, there was a time when they, they, I don't know how that happens, you know, and someone said, well, there is a great turtle and he pulls that sun across the sky and they went, oh, okay, all right, I got you. Okay, you know, that... Well, that answers There's that the, question. The, and... the Norse religion has a similar thing where some god pulls the sun across the sky every, every day. And that, that, that may have been what I was thinking about. I'm sure I said it completely wrong. But no, there may it be was a great just, you know. Some other religion. I don't know. Oh, it would be. Yeah, right. So what, one, of the, uh, one of the reasons I want to do this is because for someone to become a new believer in Jesus and God, they're supposed to believe all this stuff that we're talking about, like creation and right. all the miracles in the Bible and all that. But I would like for people to understand they don't really have to believe all that stuff. You don't have to believe stuff that doesn't make sense to you. And you don't have to pretend right. to believe stuff that doesn't make sense to you. And if you have to do that, that's going to make you not want to go to church. If you have to go to church right. and pretend that you believe stuff that you don't, it's it's just uncomfortable. You know, I, I remember, because this is a Baptist kind of thing. So we had this fill-in preacher that would come and 
and use the uh, the shame technique. He would say everyone who believes, who knows that he or she is redeemed by Jesus Christ and is going to heaven, stand up. And if you didn't stand yeah. up, what the hell? Everybody looks at you like, <gasps> you know? So yeah. that, that's that keeps people from coming to church, you know? The, that kind of shame stuff. When it doesn't have to be that way, we can be uh, advocates of people who, yeah, I, I want to believe in Jesus. I want to believe that I'm going to have life after death. I'm going to be able to go to heaven. I'm, I want to believe in God, but I can't believe in all this other stuff. It doesn't make sense. Because right. I, I, it shouldn't, that stuff should not be a barrier for intelligent people to become Christians. Yeah. Right. Uh, a lot of people we have grown up with and gone to church with would not consider them Christians if they don't believe all the extraneous stuff and believe the Bible's literal, etc. But right. I would like to provide a place or a platform for people to believe in God and Jesus where they don't have to believe in all the stuff that doesn't make sense. Right. And just to add to that, I remember one time I was talking to a girl who was a daughter of a pastor, and I asked her what she believed about something about the end times, and she said, well, hang on, let me go talk to my dad, and I'll tell you what I believe. And as silly as that kind of sounds, I found myself doing the same thing. It's just like, hang on, tell me what to believe, and I'll, and I'll believe it. And kind of just along your point, you know, having to believe all this stuff, the the next point I was going to say was, I think God's, I think God's more impressed with someone who says, I have doubts and I have thoughts and I'm trying to figure this out than someone who says, they told me what to believe and I just believed it. I think there's just some value in searching. And some value in saying, you know what? I may believe that, I may not believe that, but I wanna I wanna find this out for my own. That's why they call it right a personal faith, right? Is like I don't want to have the faith that my church told me you're supposed to have all tied up in this neat package. I want to have my own faith. And and like you say, if a new Christian or someone who wants to just discover Christ says, Hey, I'm gonna just kind of make my own decisions, but Give me the information, and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll think this through, and I'll let you know if. And there's a lot of value to it. I mean, I think you agree to that. There's a lot of value in his teachings and and in his philosophies, but uh, but yeah, just just Absolutely. to believe because we're told to believe. I, I I try to live by those teachings. You know, the, the guy was great. He, yeah. If if all the people of the world would live by the things Jesus taught, it'd be a wonderful world. And yeah. it most of the things he taught was taught us how to not be animals. You know, right. He, he was really out there trying to help the world be a better place. Um, and a whole lot of people 
have added a whole lot of stuff yeah over the years to what he was trying to teach you know if you just okay if we believe that the things that are in red in the bible are things jesus actually said which who knows if they are for sure or not right but if you just went by those things in red and believed that you, you could eliminate a whole bunch of stuff that is unnecessary and is part of what would be a barrier to intelligent people who are not Christians becoming Christians. Hey, you know what else I just thought of? What did you one think? thing that one thing that he he one thing that he did he he challenged the status quo. Absolutely. He, he he said he said here's the established religion and I'm telling you these guys don't have a clue. And everything they say, I challenge. And and any Jesus was a complete and total rebel. He was yeah. he was a maverick. He went he went way out there and said they say this, but I'll tell you that is not true. This is true. So maybe, in some respects, being Christ-like is one way to be like Christ is to challenge the status quo and to say, you know what? There's just some stuff that you guys are saying that. I just can't buy, you know, and and uh, and I and so I have some other thoughts, and I want to interject my other thoughts. Of course, I got him killed. I guess we should remember that. <laughs> you always got to, keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah, you kind of want to remember that, you know. That, uh, but yeah, he he his whole ministry challenged the status quo. People thought he was crazy. They thought he was a looney tune. But he changed the world. Uh, yeah. Apostle Luke, he he changed the world, you know, because he, he had did. the courage to to have some different ideas. And I'm, you know, it's very possible his 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 mother and father may have said, "Oh, I don't I don't know what you're doing," you know, you're you're saying all these crazy things. Yeah, they may have thought he was disturbed. They might have. But, yeah. You know, what you were talking about getting him killed, I, that goes back to the follow the money thing too think about the yeah the uh the priests wanted him killed because right. he was threatening their power and thereby their ability to raise money yeah he was threatening you're, that you're he was exactly threatening right their positions and they may well have killed him just out of simple Fear that he was going to take their jobs away from them and take their ability right. to raise money. And they power. didn't like yeah. him messing with the status quo, that's for sure. Right. So maybe we're following in the footsteps of Christ. Maybe. Here, I mean, in the, in that respect, we are. It's just saying, and do it with a humble attitude, right? You know, not like, say, if you don't believe like us, you're stupid. Right. You know, but 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 there's other th there's other ways to look at this. And and I'm starting a journey to look at it a different way. To think some different thoughts. Well, again, there the personality type thing comes into this because there are certain personality types who are going to question a lot more than others. And right, we just happen to be two of those personality types, whether we were magically born with that or 
uh, it was developed in us as we grew up, or as we're, you know, our education contributes to it. But right. we can't just believe what's thrown to us. We have to think it through. And right. that's what has started this journey, I think. Yeah. Grace well, moment. So we've been at this for an hour, which is probably as long okay. as the podcast needs to be. Uh, I guess we could All right. shut it down, but we didn't even touch the 27 possible discussion points I have on my list. Or 29. There is, uh, there is an unlimited amount of topics, but we'll save them till the next time. All right. How often and we'll we learn this? how to do the, the format. Yeah. How, how often? Should we do this I once wondered, week? like, yeah, that's what I thought for a little while. And that the way we can think of stuff. And because my mind will be going crazy for the next week, I'll be thinking this and that. Yeah. So, same time next week. Sure. Okay. This is episode one of Grace Mont. I'm Apostle John Luke. And I'm Apostle Duke, and we will see you next time on Grace Mont. Take care, and God be with you.